everybody. Welcome back to Kick It In the Second Half, Kish YZ. I'm here to cover a couple of the uh, game twos, or all of the game twos that happened today on Tuesday. Uh, fortunately, I was off from work, so I was able to watch two out of the three games uh, just because the last two games were on TV at the same time, basically, uh, just like a 30-minute gap. So I didn't watch uh, one of those games. But just to start this out, shout out to Jordan Clarkson, who yesterday picked up the Sixth Man of the Year Award. Congratulations there. And shout out to Julius Randle, who picked up the Most Improved Player Award uh, today. And um, that's just a big achievement for him. I did watch a little clip on that when he accepted his award. And he was talking to the uh, guys in the studio for TNT. And he was just pretty much saying that, you know, it's an honor for him to have that award. But he's also just inspired just to be driven in the summer and just to keep pushing and kind of pushing himself to be at that level where he's challenging himself to see if he can win it a second year, uh, twice in a row. I don't think anybody's ever done that. I don't know if you can do that or not, but it's great to hear him that he has that mentality. Like, you know, I got this award, but I'm not going to stop here. So usually after this award, if you're continuing to be that great, you start getting into the MVP conversation. So maybe we'll see him doing that down the line. If not next year, maybe in the years to come after that, but congratulations there. And congratulations once again to the New York Knicks franchise this year, because you definitely turned things around. So. Without further ado, let's get into the uh, the games of tonight that happened. There was three games. There were the Celtics versus the Nets, the Lakers at, Celt at the Suns, and also the Dallas Mavericks at the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, by the way, if you like this video, give us a thumbs up. If you're tuning into our channel and you've been here before or just new and you, you like what you see, go ahead and give us a subscribe, please, if you don't mind. And you can also catch our podcast on like Spotify, Anchor.fm, and other places as well under Kish YZ. But uh, yeah, let's get into the Clippers. Uh, sorry, not the Clippers, the Celtics versus Nets. I watched, you know, the bulk of that game, I guess you could say, because I wasn't uh, too primarily focused on everything that was happening. I was trying not to fall asleep during that game like I did the Heat-Bucks game yesterday because that game was just a big blowout. And this pretty much was going down the same road. You know, it, it started out with the Nets just pretty much pulling away. And then, unfortunately, during that that game, uh, Jason Tatum got his eye poked by Kevin Durant on a play, and they set him out the rest of the game. But at that point, it was no point in trying to bring him back anyway. So we'll see if he comes back for game three, which would be held in Boston, uh, Celtics home game there. But, I mean, at this point, I mean, the Celtics are just, you know, on the, on the bad end of what's coming from the Nets because the Nets are just rolling right now. And uh, I'm actually impressed by what the Nets did today. And that was they they got the other players involved as far as outside of the big three. The, the main guy obviously being Joe Harris, who contributed big in the first half. He was the Bryn Forbes of tonight's game against the Boston Celtics versus the Brooklyn Nets or, or just the whole slate in general. But um, I have another guy I want to mention later on in another game. But, yeah, Joe Harris, shout out to him. And shout out to UV fans, shout out to Hugh. Um, but yeah, Joe Harris definitely showed up for the game and he was just on fire early and they were finding him. And even Blake Griffin was making a play for, for Joe Harris. They had like a little fast break or like a transition uh, game going on there where Blake Griffin came down and he did like a back scoop shovel pass to uh, Joe Harris, pulled up for another three. So he was definitely on fire. And it's good to see that because you need to get those reps in that, that, um, that jelling point. So when you, come down to another series that's tougher let's say for example round two if they're going to go against the 
the Milwaukee Bucks, they're going to actually need to have that chemistry already set in place. So where it's second nature and it's no thinking about this, thinking about that. So, yeah, I, I like what I saw there from what I did watch. Like I said, I watched most of that game, but it, it wasn't anything that was definitely uh, competitive there. So they did what they had to do, and that's that's what you need to do if you have that mentality. When you're that good, you just need to keep going, keep pushing it, and get this uh, series over with as fast as you can. If you're the Boston Celtics, like I said once again, it'd be nice if you could pull off a win. Jason Tatum can drop 40 or 50 uh, sometime during the series, but with that eye poke, who knows what's going to happen in the next game if that's going to affect him at all or if they're going to limit his minutes or hopefully he's playing next game because who knows what the Celtics will look like if even if he's not on the court. Uh, I guess kind of like they did in the second half, which probably doesn't matter from the first half to the second half, but just saying, uh, hopefully he gets well soon. But another note on that, uh, Kevin Durant, he didn't seem to have any problems with this shoulder as far as taking that hard fall that he did in the, in the game prior to this one where he kind of hit the wood pretty hard and bounced back up. And um, I think he had like a marking on his shoulder somewhere around here where it looked like the skin kind of just was rubbed and chafed off of uh, his shoulder there, but I guess he's okay. You know, he played, so everything's going well there. Like I said, you get the series over with as soon as you can. And then depending on how late the, uh, the Bucks heat series goes, which might not be too much longer, either just depend on how that goes but you know get this done and you can rest up and while you wait for your next opponent so moving on from that let's go into the Lakers versus the Suns that game that was a game that started out intense and it was intense during the whole game so I'm glad I was able to watch that game from start to finish um I think I actually missed just maybe the first um tip off or something like that just something very minor I was actually watching you know watching it pretty much right after that. And within that first minute, there was a lot of drama already. I mean, I think Jay Crowder had two personal fouls. He kind of kicked, got kicked down below by Anthony Davis, which caused a flagrant foul on Anthony Davis there. And you could just see it was just it was just going to be a brawl matchup. Like it was just going to be intense because Suns, the Phoenix Suns, they were riding that momentum from the previous game and the Los Angeles Lakers had a chip on their shoulder. They're defending champs and they knew that they can't keep playing the way they did in game one because you're not going to get any different results. That would just be uh, idiocracy there. So they had to definitely uh, show and prove that they were a better team and that they are still defending champs. So, and, and that's how it started out. So it had a great story behind it already and it lived up to the hype. Unfortunately there, we saw uh, Chris Paul with his shoulder injury that he uh, suffered from the last game, the previous game, game one, that he in this game was, you know, trying to put on a performance. And he did very well at the in the first half as far as trying to contribute. But the commentators were noticing how he was like favoring uh, that side. I think it was his right shoulder over the left shoulder, I, I, if I got that right. But um, yeah, it, it just wound up costing him minutes down in the second half because I think they only they said he only played about nine minutes in that second half. So, you know, they definitely could have used him. And unfortunately, this is basically the story of his career outside of maybe last season when he played for the OKC Thunder, because when he played for the Clippers, it was always some type of injury between him and Blake Griffin. And when he played for the Rockets and they went to the Western Conference Finals against the Golden State Warriors, they were actually up in that matchup series and he sustained an injury and James Harden couldn't pull it off. He lost two games in a row. And then now this, and this is going to be, big, be a big blow if CP3 can't come back or even if he just misses one game because 
you know, in all honesty, with the Lakers trying to get momentum and footing, CP3 could have been more involved in this game, and the Phoenix Suns still could have came out with a, a secondary win, which would be much needed because you need to keep home court advantage. But now they've lost that, and it's going to be up to Devin Booker to keep leading. But without that playoff experience that CP3 brings on the court, it's going to be a little bit different. But shout out to Cameron Payne because Cameron Payne did step up. He's a backup point guard, and even when um, Chris Paul was in there a little bit, he uh, had some ball handling duties. And then obviously when Chris Paul was out, he was basically the primary uh, playmaker. And they were feeding Aiden all around. And shout out to him because he had an excellent field goal percentage. He did what he needed to do, which is great. But AD definitely stepped up to the challenge and he performed a lot better than he did in game one. And that's what ultimately, you know, swayed towards the Lakers as far as, you know, how they gained some control in the game and pulled away a little bit was his high level of play compared, definitely compared to the first game. It was totally different player out there on the court. But, um, you know, at one point when AD was just, you know, kind of out there on, on the court and, and, you know, he was getting some like, fast break some transition points and you could just tell that early on that he was just really locked in like I said he got that flagrant foul early on but you could see where he was just wanting to drive get in the paint more and then early in the second half it looked like he was starting to do some of those jump shot things again where he's kind of fadeaway jumpers and that kind of like got lost some rhythm there and then LeBron kind of reeled it back in and you know got them going again along with some hustle plays by their bench but yeah I mean it was just a tough game because Phoenix man uh, Cameron Payne was definitely on fire and Aiton couldn't bear, basically miss anything. And they had it going, you know, with Jay Crowder getting those early fouls that definitely affected them uh, as well as the CP3 thing. But at the end of the game there, AD said that he didn't need LeBron uh, when the commentator was asking him about, you know, what was the mentality going into uh, the game and, and how much did you talk to LeBron basically before the game? And he's like, you know, me and LeBron didn't talk at all today. He said, we didn't communicate with each other until we arrived basically at the arena. And he said, yeah, I, I used to be like that last year when LeBron would push me and motivate me, you know, to come out, be better, be more aggressive. He said, I, I don't need LeBron to do that now this year. He said, I know what I need to do. And I take it upon myself with the responsibility to play at a higher level and, and perform well. And he said, that's that's basically what happened after the, the first game when they took that loss. I think they said he stayed at the gym for an hour after uh, everybody basically left the arena and the, there was a fifth bus that had to wait for AD because he was just trying to get the reps and get the shots in. And they said, even when he went through practice the next day, he, he didn't crack a smile, didn't, didn't joke around or anything. It was just straight seriousness. And yeah, that definitely uh, carried over into this game because he had that chip on his shoulder and, and he performed big. And um, just another shout out to the Los Angeles Lakers, as far as what they did uh, differently with this game, uh, I didn't see uh, game one, but with this one, I noticed that um, Drummond definitely performed well. He had a double-double by halftime, and Marcus Gasol was in the rotation. So uh, what I had mentioned in the uh, video, kind of like the prediction video of how this series I thought was going to go, I talked about an X factor for the Lakers being the rotation of the big. So, you know, they got Marcus Gasol involved, and with that championship experience, you could see that those little bit of things that he did on the court definitely helped to keep the Lakers in the game. You know, he did uh, make a couple uh, of shots. He had, he had a nice three that was open. He might have had two threes. I, I can't remember uh, specifically offhand like that. But, um, but yeah, he definitely um, performed well, and they needed him in when they needed him in, uh, especially when they took uh, Drummond out, and he was the five-man while AD played the four. And 
on that note, as far as the rotation of bigs, they did not play Montrez Harrell this game. So he sat out on this game, I guess, just because of the coach's decision and, you know, ultimately a factor in the win. So looking forward, I'm sure they're going to try to keep Mark Gasol out there and, and put him back in rotation for this series at the least. And, and going forward, we'll see if Montrez needs to be inserted in. But like I said, if CP3 is out, then if the Lakers just repeat what they're doing, going back home to the Staples Center with home court advantage and the fans being back in the arena at some type of capacity, that um, it's going to work in their favor. But it, it's just still going to be a chippy series because they have to, you know, not look at the Phoenix Suns like they were the Phoenix Suns last year. They have to look at them for what they are this year, which is a top seeded team in the West. They're, they're number two in the regular season for a reason. So definitely pay attention there. And then, yeah, just speaking of Montrez Harrell, he didn't have to play to get a win, and that relates me to the Mavs-Clippers game because Montrezl Harrell was a former Clipper, and he and I had a laugh about this when we were texting each other after the Lakers game, and he was telling me about the Clippers-Mavs um, game, and he was like, this is – we're just basically agreeing, like, this this team is – it's a joke. Even though Kawhi and PG put up good numbers, it's just like they, they don't have enough still, like – I don't know what it is specifically. I would have to say it's still a communication thing for me. Like, obviously, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George can perform at a high level. Kawhi had an exit game when you look at the stat sheet. But there's something there that's missing that you need the communication. There's some type of breakdown that you're not changing what you did from game one and the game two as far as defending the main guy, which is Luka. Like, for comparing this to the Lakers game, yeah, what CP3 was missing. So, like I said, CP3 could have – easily helped them to win for the Phoenix Suns, but they did what they had to do against Devin Booker because he was uh, a huge contributor in scoring for the Phoenix Suns in game one. So if you have to double, you have to double. But uh, for the Clippers, I, I don't know what happened there. Like I said, I didn't get to watch the game, but I mean, Luca had a nice stat line. So it's not just all offense there. And I'm getting the feeling like that's what they depend on. It's just their offense. And Kawhi and PG are like one of the tops in – the league as far as two-way players like they have that lockdown d something is going on there that is not working out and being down 0-2 going into dallas uh for the next two games if this works out in dallas's favor obviously they could sweep here and it's just a shame that the clippers are this bad in the playoffs it's like like i said you can look at it on paper but a win is a win and a loss is a loss and how do you go from being uh, talked about so much at the beginning of when they put this team together and then last year getting bounced out early to this year possibly getting swept in the first round like this looks terrible and if this were the case even if it's not the case that they get swept if they just lose the series in general it's over for the Clippers as far as what they have here they need to look forward to the future and move on hopefully they didn't liquidate too much of their asset assets going forward and you know start with Terrence Mann and, and build up from there but I mean, you could do some signing trades or something because Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have uh, player options. And obviously they came to Los Angeles for a reason. I mean, yes, that's their home area because they're both from California and Los Angeles area, uh, so to speak. But, you know, they obviously wanted to win. You know, Paul George was in OKC, didn't win there, didn't make it too far, joining up with, um, with Kawhi after winning the championship in Toronto. Obviously the goal is, okay, you know, we need to win chips here and we could do it together uh, with the pieces that they already had because they had a great team. But then you lost Lou Williams because you, you you traded away. Montrez Harrell walked away and you got Rondo. If I'm Rondo, I'm kind of pissed at this because it's like 
I came here and I'm trying to help out and I'm basically going to get bounced in the first round. You'd be better off staying with the Hawks. You've been better off just going back to the Lakers, but it, it's terrible. Like I'd be kind of pissed. So I don't know if they could turn things around. Uh, like Hugh said, maybe Luca might have a, uh, an off night at some point and the uh, Clippers could take advantage. But like I told him, I said, well, if the clip, if the Mavericks with Luka Doncic has an off night, who's to say that the Clippers won't have an off night because, you know, Kawhi had a great game. Uh, if you look at the stats, Paul George didn't have that bad of a game. What if one of those guys have an off night again or both of them have an off night and in the, in down the stretch? Like Luca's pretty much getting what he wants. So are the Clippers that bad or is Luca that good? I mean, I know Luca's on the rise and he's a player to definitely watch out for. But I mean, it's the Clippers and you have all this. Uh, motivation you should have this motivation from the chip on your shoulder from going from uh, being talked about as one of the you know championship caliber teams to like okay you, you fell on your face I don't think you're going to do that again and man if you're not doing it in worse fashion this is just un unpredictable like yeah I, I didn't think the Clippers in my opinion would make it uh, too far in the playoffs but um, I mean and, and going into this knowing that who they were going to play in the first round I had predicted, I think I said uh, Dallas in seven or Clippers in six, just depending on how that series was going to go. I thought I was going to go back and forth with uh, the teams holding down home court for the most part. Then after game one, I was like, okay, well, you know, the Clippers lost home court advantage. So maybe it's going to go Mavericks in six and then possibly Clippers if it goes to game seven. But now it almost looks like Mavs in four, five worst case scenario. So it's like the Mavs pretty much wrapped this up. I mean, I don't risk Rush injury on anybody but you know injuries do happen but I don't see any major injuries happen and uh only person like major headline person that's a well-known name with the injury history here would probably be Porzingis but we saw what Luca did last year against the Clippers without Porzingis he took the Clippers to six games so going forward only having to win two games out of the next possible five games with at least three of those being home games yeah I think it's over and the um the Mavericks are most likely to win this series. So we'll just keep an eye on that and we'll see what happens. Um, like I said, you know, at this point, definitely if the Mavericks win uh, a third game in a row, you know, we're going to start getting into the speculation. It's going to start now, actually, right after this loss, it's already starting. Uh, so if Paul George or Kawhi is listening to this, uh, not me specifically, but, you know, listen to the media of what they're going to say, you know, it might affect their mentality going into the game uh, for the negative, not even for the positive. I don't know if they could possibly handle that, but it's going to be, you know, people are going to start speculating now what Kawhi and PG are going to do next summer, because I don't think they need to stay with the Clippers. It's, it's over. So, you know, you know, come up with your theories, put in the comments, what you think uh, Kawhi and PG should do if they lose this series. Uh, Cause it's going to look ugly losing in the first round in a bad fashion of maybe only winning one game, if not getting swept. So, yeah, once again, um, you know, if you are liking the videos, give us a thumbs up and please subscribe and, you know, catch our podcasts under KishYZ on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Breakers. And you can uh, also follow us on Twitter and under and on our Instagram under KishYZ, K-I-S-H underscore YZ for that. And once again, uh, thank you, everybody, for kicking in the second half. Peace and love.